Welcome back, movie likers. It's your host, Word Burglar, Bergy, SJ, Sean, whatever you like to call me, except late for a great movie. What? <laughs> My guest this week is sketch comic and just comedian and all-around awesome human, Cam Wiley. Cam and I are in the sketch troupe Smells Like the 80s. We've been doing silly sketches and stuff like that for years. He is a hilarious comedian. He's also the genius behind Turbo Gulp. So definitely go check out Turbo Gulp on your computers and find some hilarious content and videos there. Cam uh, is amazing, and this is a really fun episode, so thanks for tuning in. I've got some shows coming up. I'm playing Ottawa July 27th at Queen Street Fair, Dartmouth uh, Comics Arts Festival. I'll be there, and I'm playing uh, in Halifax on August 16th at Men's and Molly's, and then in Toronto August 24th at the Rec Room. You do not want to miss Nerd Noise Night, myself, Cybertronic Spree, a ton of great acts. Uh, we're going to get super geeky, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for all the support on the first four episodes. We've got a lot more coming imminently, and uh, I'm really, really excited uh, to get this stuff into your ears. My other podcast, if you don't know, is Weekend at Bergie's. Uh, over 30 episodes of that out right now. Get it on your pants computer or however you listen to podcasts. All right, without further ado, here is Cam Wiley on Do You Still Like This Movie? Episode 5. Rufus. <laughs> Rufus, the most <laughs> futuristic name. <laughs> okay, we are on. Cam Wiley. You're here to answer the question that has plagued many, many people of our age group. Mm -hmm. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Do you still like this? If I say yes or no, does that mean the podcast is over? (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever like a movie one time in your life but don't know if you still do? have time to watch it at the moment me and a guest will for you see me some strangers and some friends of mine are gonna see what flicks stand the test of time so if you're curious to know what holds up and what doesn't about some old movie you saw with your cousin you're in the right place and you know you might just find out do you still like this oh my gosh cam wiley old pal sketch uh sketch alumnus that's right Wow, I was so excited when you said you wanted to watch Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, the 1989 film of the same name. <laughs> well, you asked me to uh, select a film that I loved, and there were very few movies that I truly loved as a child. Um, and I figure I've done enough talking about gremlins in my life. I need to talk about something different. And this one, number two on the list. Bill and Ted. So 1989. So did you see this in theaters, or was this sort of a VHS rental? What was? Do you remember? I don't remember. I feel like uh, this would have been a hard sell for me to get my dad to take me to, um, but he was pretty liberal when we got to the old jumbo video. He just let me pick out whatever I want, and uh, of course, uh, two cool dudes in a flaming telephone booth. I wanted that VHS, and I, yeah, that was the poster, right? That I feel like I saw that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't escape Bill and Ted. There was a period in time if you were an '80s baby or an early '90s baby, chances are you were 
inundated with some type of Bill and Ted imagery. They at were some point. phenomenons. They uh, they had a cartoon for a while. Yeah, and in researching for this podcast, what little research I had to do, the uh, I didn't know there was a live action TV show that shortly followed the animated show. You're kidding me. I did not know this. Yeah, and I don't think I got the animated show. Like, I don't know what channel it was on, but I, I don't remember it. I remember it vaguely existing because I think there might have been, like, lunchboxes or backpacks, and I think there was a cereal at one point. <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Granola? <laughs> yeah, you know, it was just, like, pure sugar and marshmallows. <laughs> it was just, like, the repackaged Pac-Man cereal or something. Well, let's pull it back. I'm fascinated about, uh, yeah, let's not talk about the movie. Let's talk about all the spinoffs. Uh, I had no idea there was a TV show. Did they get uh, Did they get Keanu? Uh, or is it just like, oh, this is Rufus's side quests? Yeah, no, I guess in the cartoon it had the main characters. Bill and, and Ted. Bill and Ted. And I think... We'll talk about them soon. I, yeah, I think they were voiced by the actual actors from the film. Mm-hmm. But the live action one, they had... Other people, but I haven't looked it up. I, we're going to have to do that maybe okay, after the podcast. Listeners, while you're listening right now, go up and go, bring it up on your pants computer and search <laughs> for the live-action Bill & Ted TV series not starring Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, and it had the sequel, Bill & Ted's Bogus Journey. Correct, yes. And kids quoted, at least the kids I knew, quoted Bill and Ted like crazy. You, you knew all the references. They had such specific ways of talking. Uh, which is marvelous. No wonder they were so popular. They uh, and well, we'll get into it. We'll tell you who Bill and Ted are very shortly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're just assuming everyone knows who Bill and Ted is. But, but they had such a beautiful, specific, unique way of talking. So of course you wanted to quote them and then do air guitar. Directed by Stephen Herrick, who directed such films as. Are you familiar with his opus? Of oh, work? Uh, clearly, but I, I'll act surprised to increase the drama of this. Mr. Holland's opus, oh, as it were. He did that. Another high school movie. S- surprised me. I don't think I ever saw that one. Is that Richard Dreyfus? Yeah, it's a real it, tearjerker. Oh. Um, critters. <laughs> another critters. sad movie. <laughs> yeah, another high school tearjerker. Uh, he did The Mighty Ducks, popular hockey yeah. movie. The inspiration for the hockey team. Oh, yeah. Three Musketeers, um, another movie I forgot existed what with a, Charlie Sheen what and a bizarre Kiefer Sutherland. Resume. Yeah. Well, oh, Don't had... Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. <laughs> uh, all the classics Yeah, that was here. the uh, yeah. Christina Applegate vehicle. Holy Man with Eddie Murphy. Oh, no. <laughs> but it really, really began here with yeah. Bill and Ted. No wonder he got so much work after this yeah. bad boy. <laughs> so I think it's about time we actually let the listeners know who are Bill and Ted. Who are these folk? <laughs> Let's explain to these people who are Bill and Ted, right? We've got two. They're two high school buddies. Yeah. They've somehow managed to make it to high school. Yeah, they've, which I think is just like you don't die uh, as a kid. <laughs> uh, it's not too hard to get into high school. I think you just sign up and have to be the right age. Uh, they're best friends. Played by Alex Winter. That's right. The esteemed Alex Winter, who you may recognize from Lost Boys. That's right. And that's it. Yep. <laughs> And some guy named Keanu Reeves. Yeah, never heard of him. Don't know what he's done since. Some chump. He'll never make it in the biz. Probably (laughs) retired after this film. And this was a big movie for both of them. So uh, it was popular at the box office, popular at home. Mm -hmm. Obviously, kids knew it. It's set in San Dimas, California. That's right. There's some California dudes. Uh, they're in a band. The movie movie doesn't open with this. The movie opens with a very confusing scene of just a... Uh, a shape, like a spherical, very angular, 
it looks it looks like a like a sphincter opening and then like this brown angular turd slowly descends <laughs> while the credits play uh, and and the movie doesn't give you any hints on what you're looking at you but you know it, what i wasn't going to call attention to that but it totally does look like that <laughs> <laughs> and it's and it's the opening two and a half minutes of the movie. We were just watching this turd descend, and they it don't was, tell you what it, it is. It was totally a, a starfish of that uh, <laughs> ilk. <laughs> I didn't want to think that, but I was like, oh, man, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's burned into your eyeballs. But when the turd finally lands, it lands in the center of a room, and there are uh, three, three people wearing uh, sunglasses and, like, big-shouldered, uh, house coats, I guess. What would you describe the, their outfits as? Yeah, house. That's an adequate description. Yeah. yeah. One of them shoots like a animated fireball into the turd, and it turns into uh, a phone booth. And then uh, who comes out of it? But uh, it's Rufus. I've seen his stand up before. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 those words you can't say. <laughs> he doesn't get into that though. George Carlin, who I've only knew from this movie. It wasn't until, like, years later I realized, oh, he actually had a career outside of Bill and Ted. That's right, Mr. Conductor. And I will say he kind of plays a bit of a toned-down version of himself in this movie. He's he's very subdued and chill. He's quite, I say he's quite likable, actually, mm-hmm. in the film. He's, he serves as the Bill and Ted guru, and we That's find right. out that they're in the future, and for some reason, uh, Bill and Ted... <laughs> For, for some reason, it's never quite explained. <laughs> They've inspired uh, the uh, entire future society as we know it. That's right. Yes, they they talk about uh, the the great ones uh, whose music has shaped the future society. Uh, they're in trouble, and Rufus has to go back in time to help them out. And surely these great ones, if they've done so much for the world, must be very great men. But no, it's Bill and Ted. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bill and Ted, and we we go back to San Dimas, 1988, and they are doing a rehearsal in uh, in one of their garages. And guess what? They're not good at music. They suck. They don't know how to play their instruments. They blow up the speakers because they have them wired all wrong. And they can just that ha- actually happen? Well. I don't know. We got a lot of electronics in here. Do you want to just take a quick break and see if we can <laughs> crank them up to 30 I've and never, get I've smoking? only seen that happen in 80s movies. I feel like. <laughs> Maybe that was a common problem back then before, you know, we got like wiring standards. I feel like there was like exploding speakers in many, many films. <laughs> so Bill and Ted, they're they're blowing up speakers, not playing their instruments properly. They have many similarities. But there's one or two things that I think sort of differentiate them. One's a blonde, one's a brunette. <laughs> That's the easiest way to tell them apart. Uh, yeah, they kind of have like this one voice. Um, they're not stupid, but I don't know the right way to describe them. They don't quite fit in with the rest of people. Uh, they talk, in a, as we talked about earlier, in a very unique way. Um, they say dude. They call everyone dude. If you have a problem with the word dude, mm, uh, just don't even. This ain't your flick. <laughs> don't pop this in the VCR. <laughs> <laughs> they talk very uh, theatrically. Um, like I'm, I'm gonna put my my hand on my sternum and my other hand up in the air and proclaim everything I'm thinking out loud. It's epic, and they really worship rock gods. Like there's definitely like Van Halen influence, and mm-hmm. they get excited about Iron Maiden later on in the film. They're, yeah, they're friendly guys. They're best friends. We don't know how long they've been friends. They seem like they're maybe just really attached at the hip. Like mm-hmm. speaking the exact same. I will say that Bill seems a bit more grounded, and Ted is a bit more 
forgetful or uh, aloof, sure, but they yep. both do kind of have this stoner vibe going on without being actual stoners. Yeah, they're they're underage. They don't drink. They don't do drugs. They're uh, they're pretty straight edge. And they just want to have a good time. They just believe in being excellent to each other. They just want to make their music. They just want to make their music. Um, so after they blow up the speakers, they realize they're late for school. Oh, yeah. that's so Because that's, good for them for getting up early enough to have a <laughs> have a band meeting before school. Yeah. as You think it's like after school or, you know, nighttime. But then, yeah, I love when Bill's like, we're late. And Ted's like, for what? For school, yeah, They've dude. been at it since 5 a.m. <laughs> Very ambitious. If only they could apply that kind of effort to their schoolwork. So did you feel when you first saw this, I don't know if you remember, but did you feel like you instantly knew Bill and Ted? Like when they come on screen, is that like a really exciting moment? Sure. <laughs> like, I, like I liked them. And uh, you know who they are right away. You know that they're friendly. You know that they're, they're kind of goofy. Uh, you know that they uh, don't have a mean bone in their body. Uh, they're just very interested in being friends with each other. 100%. So they head to school, and I actually, I will say, when they're in class, they're in history class. That's right. And their very patient history teacher is uh, is quizzing <laughs> them. And it, it opens, and he says something like, So, Bill, what you're telling me is that Napoleon was a short, dead dude. <laughs> and that was actually my first, like, genuine chuckle of the movie. Like, it, it almost caught me by surprise how much I laughed at that line. The bad jokes are so good in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the teacher calls on uh, Ted and says, Ted, who was Joan of Arc? And his answer is, Noah's wife. <laughs> That's so funny. And, like, mildly, like, educational. Like, as a kid, I don't think I knew, and we're, we'll get into it definitely, I don't think I knew much about these historical figures that we see in this film until I saw this film. My f introduction to a lot of these historical figures for sure, and watching it back as an adult, I understood it a lot more. I got a lot more jokes out of it. Totally. So they're established as not knowing history, and right. they're about to fail history. Mm -hmm. A major, a major element of this film. Yeah, so here are the stakes. We find out that they're going to flunk out of history class unless... They ace their final presentation, which is giving a speech in front of the entire school, talking about how historical figures would feel about the modern world of 1988 San Dimas. Which seems like a pretty cool place. It looks nice weather. Mm-hmm. So now the mall. we the mall. <laughs> uh, so yeah, next thing we meet, we meet Bill's mom. Mmm, not his biological mom. This is a new mom. His stepmom, Bill's dad, is one freaky, freaky dude. She is <laughs> just a few years older than Bill and Ted. She was yeah. a senior when they were a junior. And now she is married to Bill's dad. And that's how do you feel about that? Like, as a kid, I don't think I really noticed that it was that big a deal. But watching it now, I'm like, oh, that's really kind of creepy. Because yeah. Bill's dad is definitely, like... Late forties. Mm-hmm. We were right, right. When we meet his dad later, uh, it's super gross. Yeah, right. Like that's. Um, there were a couple things in this film that, by today's standards, were like yucky. Oh yeah, there's I, there's one big one we'll get to. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> yeah probably, I, I'm like, what? I had to rewind it when, <laughs> and we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, did it like instantly? Like we're into this is probably about like seven or eight minutes into the film, and I'm just getting hit like with flashbacks because i haven't haven't seen this in i don't know do you, like what was the last time you saw it do you remember? Uh, a decade ago yeah it's probably longer than a decade for me but i was instantly brought back to mm -hmm. childhood and like knowing like oh wow like 
it's so funny watching films like this where you remember seeing the movie when you were way younger than the stars. Now, now we're a little bit older than them. Yeah. <laughs> we're way older than the characters are. Yeah. Well, we look up to them as high school students. Like, oh, they're so old. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, these, these kids, these punk kids, just, just read your textbook, you punks. I will say, Bill always kind of looked old. <laughs> like, Keanu looks, he's younger, but he still kind of looks very similar. He's an old soul. He has that aged look in his eyes. Yeah, like he's like seen I, stuff. I don't know how old Alex Winter was when they shot this. Um, so we meet Ted's dad, actually. Right. And Ted's dad, he's like a real hard-ass cop. Yeah. He's mean. He's yelling at his son like, I, I lost my keys. Uh, have you seen anything? Oh, and I stopped by the school and I talked to the talked to the principal. I heard you're flunking. And if you flunk, I'm going to send you to military camp. Dun, dun, dun. Yikes. And get this. Military camp's in Alaska, so it's hard and cold. What kind of military camp is that? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. G.I. Joe had that snow guy. <laughs> so, I mean, I yeah, figure... are they all training to be snow job and iceberg? <laughs> yeah, that's... And to... blizzard, the lesser known snow guy? That's right. Snow job <laughs> flunked high school history, and that's how he became snow job. <laughs> Actually, I believe Snowstorm is the least known G.I. Joe snow guy. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get you off G.I. Joe, or else we'll just be talking about that for Oh, yeah, then hours. there was Avalanche oh, no. okay. and Sub-Zero. Okay, so we go. they go, they leave, <laughs> Ted gets a talk can do from his dad and they go over to bill's house to um to study they're they're trying to to learn yeah they're taking they're taking it seriously but they're just very bad at learning and is this when rufus realizes in the future because apparently in the future they're watching san dimas 1988 at the exact same time we are <laughs> yeah that's never explained uh, yeah actually at the top of the movie he just like looks into the camera and says hey these guys are gonna have a problem and uh, i gotta go fix it don't worry, it'll all make sense. Uh, and then we just stopped questioning it. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really make sense because the future's already uh, happened. Yeah, the future man told me not to worry about the details. Sure, okay. I mean, unless, I was thinking maybe they're in an alternate Earth, maybe. Mmm. And it's happening at a different time or something. So that time's Earth, I don't know. Maybe it was explored in all the uh, extended universe. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got to watch the TV series. Got to watch the series, sense. read the comic books. Uh, drawn by Evan Dorkin, actually, who is one of my favorite creators. Uh, so Rufus says, "We've got to, uh, we've got to go back in time now and save them before the separation happens." Mm -hmm. So, meaning there is a dark future where Ted went to military school. And probably turned out to be an upstanding citizen. <laughs> <laughs> he had a nice family. <laughs> he was responsible. He learned discipline. <laughs> but that ain't rock and roll, Sean. The world needs rock and roll. Yeah, man. We just got to keep tying our sweatshirts around our waist. Oh, jeez. And wearing vests over T-shirts. <laughs> As was the style. That was the 80s, man. Oh man, party on, right. dude! So we're so we're studying over at um at Bill's house, and Bill's a little more studious. Mm -hmm. Ted's getting very distracted, yeah. And Bill's like, "We gotta study," but then, oh, guess who comes in, breaks uh, up the study session? Bill's creepy dad. No, well, not yet. It's uh Missy, the stepmom, comes in. Oh yeah, with uh, some crazy burnt grilled cheeses. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and says, I made you boys some food, and then puts the plate down, and as she's doing that, you get a little sneak peek at her bra. Whoa. And uh, Bill and Ted get pretty excited, and Ted has to remind Bill, hey, that's your mom. Yeah. 
Yeah, little little weird, little creepy. So let's just take it up the creepy notch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm like, you know, we're just kids watching this movie. There there were so many things like that that I know I didn't get as a kid, but I knew there was something up. Oh yeah, I didn't get sex when I first watched it. I'm just thought, "Oh, they think she's pretty. They yeah. like her makeup." Yeah, they're like, "Wait. <laughs> <laughs> she has blonde hair. That's a pretty girl thing." So innocent. Mhm. And so Bill's dad, that horny, creepy old dude comes in. And he, like, throws money at Bill and Ted and says, go, you know, get yourself some pizza well, hold or on. He sits down and then just starts, like, staring at her butt in front of his <laughs> son and his friend. Starts breathing heavy. And, yeah, just like you said, just throws money at them and says, like, get go, out of here. go get some food. Get out of here. And then just does mad eyebrow up and downs as he closes the door behind him. Uh, and and as Ted is, yeah. And they know. They know what's going on. Yeah. Oh, totally. Ted's just laughing. He's like, huh, your dad is making the moves in your bedroom. <laughs> He's going for it in your bed, dude. Which is so weird. Really weird. Did he have to sleep there? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I hope he changed the sheets. Oh, man. Um, then we cut to a scene that's super evocative. Now, there weren't Circle Ks when I was growing up. They've since expanded and i think there's more but they we, we yeah. in our to, town now there are circle K's. there are circle k's and this scene to me was so just really evocative of the entire of that era like just sort of like a hot summer night like late 80s mm-hmm. this is just what you did it was like high school just hanging out outside the circle k yeah did you ever hang out in convenience store parking lots oh totally yeah yeah so yeah for sure this was the thing that's what you did you get a freezy you know, get root beer, maybe a comic book. Mm. You know, if your Becker's had a comic book spinner rack. Oh, that 25-cent Becker's cream soda. <laughs> oh, Becker's. <laughs> so we're at the Circle K. <laughs> yeah. We're cramming. We're cramming in the parking lot. Ted's asking strangers questions about uh, about Genghis Khan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's asking just a lady walking by. They're still trying, they're, you know, to their credit, they're still trying to learn. Yes. So this has an educational factor, kind of. Yeah, and that speaks to their character. They're bad at something, but they're trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they ask the poor lady, and she's like, I don't know, I just work here. <laughs> and then they see lightning. Yeah, so, which is strange, because it was such a clear night. It was a clear night, and this is awesome. Another, like, super 80s thing, on top of, like, the blown-up speakers. Just this shot, and I mean, you know, you've got experience in film and TV. Is this a technique that's used now where you see the light flashing on someone's face as the wind blows their hair back? I feel like it was very much like an 87 to 92 kind of thing. Yeah, there was a while where, you know, you would just imply a special effect was happening with the wind and lights (laughs) instead of actually uh, making it happen because... Effects are expensive. That's right. Uh, but now CGI is super cheap. I mean, just there's Adobe After Effects presets for time traveling phone booths now, but back then that didn't exist. No. So it's Rufus appearing. Yeah, a phone. The phone booth from the future appears, and Rufus gets out. And this is a pretty cool scene. I f- I feel like with Rufus kind of encountering them, and it's really bringing the viewer on board. Hmm. Um, did this? Did you like this scene? What, what are your uh, thoughts here? It was great. I mean, at first, I was with Bill and Ted. Who is this weird guy coming out of a phone booth? Something is not right. Let's hear what he has to say. And he's saying, uh, I know who you are. You're Bill S. Preston. You're Ted Theodore Logan. Together, you are Wild Stallions. And I'm here to help you with your history. 
And uh, that alone raises a bunch of questions. But uh, before they can ask them, a second phone booth appears. Yeah, now this is pretty cool. This is like the time travel uh, storytelling device for the film where we see Bill and Ted from a little bit in the future come out and they meet their current present-day selves and sort of basically are explaining to the moviegoer (laughs) <laughs> to the movie viewer sort of <laughs> what they're about to see I mean clearly if you sat down and started watching this movie I think you're probably aware there's going to be some kind of weird time travel going on you've seen the poster you yeah, get it I- exactly so you're like oh this is when it's explained so I do like this aspect of the film where the, it's really kind of no nonsense it's like alright here we go this is what's going on Bill and Ted from the future they're coming and they convince present day Bill and Ted trust his Rufus dude mm-hmm. so they listen to Rufus they're, uh, first of all iconic scene Bill and Ted on one side of the frame, Bill and Ted on the other. There's four of them. That's pretty cool when you're a kid seeing, like, oh, how do they do this? You're still mystified by that simple film trick. Um, But to prove that they're the same person, the test. If you're really us, then what number are we thinking? 69. 69, dude. And again, as a kid, did not get that that was funny. It was like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then one day it just clicks. Which was... um, it was, it's a strange. That's like a weird moment where Bill and Ted are like sexual characters um, because for the rest of the movie, they're just they talk a lot about like love and like uh, like they want to like kiss a girl on the cheek. Uh, they're not like horn dogs. So it's very strange that 69 was the joke that was in there. I agree. Uh, yeah, Rufus says, uh, hey, we got a phone booth that can travel through time. We're going to use it to help you with your history. We can go anywhere in time. And so they all get into it, and they go back to France. To France. I love this. I just want to say one of my all-time favorite lines, Ooh. I can't believe we went over, was when they're at the Circle K. After all that, when the, the effects happen and the phone booth lands, <laughs> strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> just a I- Iconic line, yep. The best afoot. And because there, there's another example of the character's speaking a little bit more you you said theatrical earlier like almost shakespearean but not like who would say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah most of us would just say this is effing weird this is weird so i like that little nuggets of of funny dialogue lines and so yeah so we hop we hop in the phone booth and it's off to meet napoleon <laughs> <laughs> so we can kind of fly through some of this stuff they pick up Napoleon in yeah, Austria. That's right. Well, Accidentally, right? Yeah, Napoleon uh, gets blown up by, I guess, a faulty cannon. It's never really explained what happened, but he falls in the time travel portal and uh, gets brought back to modern-day San Dimas. And did you know who Napoleon was at this point? Um, the actor or the actual historical figure? The actual historical figure. No, I didn't know anything about Napoleon when I first watched this. My, This was the second time I had heard of Napoleon as a kid because in G.I. Joe... <laughs> <laughs> bring oh, it back great what did Snowjob do to Napoleon <laughs> uh, when they created Serpentor they used Napoleon's DNA his DNA got thrown in there so there was this weird like historical thing so I'm watching Bill and Ted and I'm thinking wait a second Genghis Khan Napoleon these guys were all parts are of are they making Serpentor for yeah. their history project or the people who made Bill and Ted watch that's making you know Arise Serpentor Arise the famous five part G.I. Joe series <laughs> which predated Bill and Ted by like three or four years oh wow yeah so hmm mm, yeah that's a chin scratcher anyway so as a kid I was like well I guess I better look up this Napoleon guy but 
now I know he's just part of Serpentor and, and the dude mm. who likes to eat ice cream. Yeah, we, get, we'll we, we see a different side of Napoleon <laughs> <laughs> during this film. <laughs> so the uh, Napoleon hops on, and then they, they scoot off, and then they go, uh, oh yeah, they take Napoleon back to their time. Yes. And try and figure out what's going on, because Rufus takes off. Mm-hmm. He gives them the instruction manual to the phone booth, which basically is a phone book that they can dial any time or period right. they need, which is a pretty handy thing, and it's a pretty thick phone book. There's a lot of time, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, you know, if there were to be future spinoffs like an animated series. Or a live-action TV show. <laughs> I mean, just think of the adventures they could have. They could totally just keep spinning it off. Uh, so this is where Rufus explains when they go back to their time, and he says, look, all right, you can go through history, find all these, you know, history's all-stars, <laughs> do your homework, but make sure whatever you do, uh, remember that the clock in San Dimas is always running. Mm-hmm. So that's why the note about Ted setting his watch. Right. Future Ted, when they met at the Circle K, yelled at past Ted, don't forget to wind your watch. Mm, very important information. So Rufus takes off in the phone booth, but then another phone booth appears. Right, sends place. a blank one back for them to ride around in. And Bill and Ted get the genius idea. Well, they, they get rid of Napoleon, right? They don't travel with him. They they give him to... Uh, his brother Deacon. Yeah, his kid brother. He says, look after Napoleon. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, here's some money, take him to a movie or something. <laughs> Yeah, the same move that his that Bill's dad pulled. Yeah, here's some here's some Napoleon money. Which you can imagine writing this movie was just like it's so funny, and then this like kid has to take Napoleon bowling, <laughs> take him to a movie theater. So this sets Bill and Ted off on the journey. They get the great idea. Let's go collect history's greatest all stars. This sounds like an excellent adventure. Totally. And so they leave Napoleon with Deacon, hop off, and what's first stop? The Wild West. The Wild Wild West. We get some nice fart jokes in there. Yeah. <laughs> we go to the Wild West, a guy goes in the outhouse, starts pooping, and then what smashes down next to the outhouse? It's the phone booth. He was sitting in the right chair for that one, right? <laughs> so they're wandering around the Wild West. They, uh, they're thirsty, so they go to the, the saloon. They order a beer. Uh, they didn't even get carded, as they note. And as they're having a beer, who walks into the saloon? Billy the Kid, who actually, he doesn't have too many lines in this movie, but he serves to be a very good comedic foil. He's very funny, yeah. Yeah, there's well, some, he's got some good lines He gets on. paired up with his comedic partner quite so, shortly. So great. <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, this is when I first realized how sort of like cartoony and Scooby Dooish like the uh, these characters are. Bill and Ted, they get into a big uh, saloon brawl, and t- to fight their way out, they uh, say, "Hey, look, the Goodyear blimp." Uh, the cowboys look away, and then they pull their hats down over their eyes and give them wedgies. So that's how Bill and Ted fight <laughs> in this movie. Uh, so it's very innocent. And then they get the classic head through a wall scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thrown down the bar, head through the wall. You're right. It's a very Looney Tunes kind of cartoony fight scene. Yeah, every, these are pretty innocent cartoon characters. So each time when they take one of these historical figures and they throw them in the phone booth, do you feel like there's a scene that we don't see where they explain, hey, we're like traveling through time? Or do you think it's just accepted that once they grab somebody, throw them in the phone booth, and they travel through this weird psychedelic electric time stream? Then they just kind of accept, 
okay, we're not in Kansas anymore. I think they figure it out pretty quick. It's pretty obvious. So they take Billy the Kid, and they wind up in ancient Greece. Right. Which was cool because I, I remember doing like a project on ancient Greece. And as a kid, I was really into like the Greek gods, like the mm-hmm. mythological gods. I think many kids were. There was like scholastic books, all the book <laughs> orders. You could get, oh, the Greek gods. So there, I was always into all that stuff. But Socrates, who I thought his name was Socrates for the longest time. And then later in life, I realized, oh, it's Socrates. Yeah, and every time, um, or as he says, Socrates. Yeah. There are three ways they pronounce Socrates in this film, which is great. Uh, but as an adult, every time I think of Socrates or when he's brought up, I immediately think of this character actor who played Socrates in this film. <laughs> this is uh, this is what's fused in my brain. This is my first introduction to this uh, thinker. Did Socrates ever go on to do anything else after this film? I don't know. That'd be a good uh, look him up uh, later on. <laughs> yeah, like cause he's 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 quite good actually. Yeah, same thing with like Billy the Kid. He was quite good. I wonder uh, they should have careers. Yeah, it was pretty good, like, production values for this. I, like, I wonder what the budget was um, for this to get made. It was a different time, 1980. I guess they filmed it in 88, released 89. Mm-hmm. It's a different different time. Uh, but, yeah, uh, when they recruited uh, Socrates, this was another one of the uh, great jokes that I didn't get until watching it back this time. Uh, d- to get him to come with them, they, ha- they have a philosophy back and forth. And uh, Ted uses some uh, lyrics and says... All we are is dust in the wind. I didn't know that was a lyric when I was a kid. Course, I get yeah. it now. Uh, and to which he replies, uh, uh, like the the sands in an hourglass, uh, so are the days of our lives, which I did not understand was a reference as well. So just a crazy, crazy back and forth. Yeah, and see, that's one of the jokes I did get as a kid because my mom and my sister were big Days of Our Lives fans. So I was familiar... <laughs> I was familiar with the Days of Our Lives <laughs> intro uh, and the music, like, sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Amazing. Yeah, so then I was like, whoa, Socrates invented that? <laughs> and it actually made Days of Our Lives even a little bit cooler. Yeah. Um, but wow, I had a crush on Hope, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Billy the Kid and Socrates become this sort of unsung, uh, quiet, softer, comedic duo. Yeah, they're they're best pals all of a sudden. <laughs> like they land, so they get so crates. They bring them to the next spot. They go to like uh, England, medieval England. Yeah, medieval England. We think we're gonna bump. I don't know who. Like I thought, maybe oh, we're gonna meet Robin Hood or something. I remember being disappointed they did not meet Robin Hood. <laughs> He's, he was around there when he I must first have been. saw this movie. I was totally going through like a Robin Hood phase. You're forming your like history's expendables. Yeah, like, who do who do we need? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So they, they could have used a Robin Hood. There was no archer on their team. <laughs> yeah, they had, like, they had no range attacks. That, <laughs> <laughs> what are they thinking? So no Robin Hood, but when they get out of the, the phone booth, Billy the Kid looks at Socrates. He goes, not too bad, eh, Socrates? <laughs> and like he's instantly picked up calling him Socrates, so that gag is just going to keep running. Yeah, and it's a great gag. Uh, so real quick, like Bill and Ted, they're here, and they just— we don't really know why they came to this medieval time. Were they supposed to get King Henry? Was I don't it? think it was explained. Uh, they're coming out of ancient Greece, so um, I think at this point, uh, Bill's just mashing the keypad and seeing where it takes them. Yeah, and then they're like, we need to introduce some female characters mm-hmm. at this point in the film. And sure enough, the two medieval babes, as they're referred to, 
uh, are introed, and Bill and Ted instantly fall in love with them. And for some reason, the medieval babes seem to think Bill and Ted are cool. Yeah, they see them uh, up on a balcony, and they have to infiltrate the castle so they can meet the medieval babes. And this takes us into a a sequence that, uh, well, I'll tell you. It's strange, right? It went left when I thought we were going right. I didn't know what was happening. It zigged when uh, I thought we were going to zag. So they sneak into the castle through uh, the miracle of editing. They cut to Bill and Ted wearing full suits of armor, pretending to be in a uh, in a display of armored suits. Uh, so another kind of Scooby-Doo-esque moment. Uh, so they're wearing full suits of armor, and of course they start to play Star Wars uh, and start hitting each other with swords. Uh Ted falls down the stairs and uh, into a room with guards. And the guard, Ted, uh, sorry, Bill looks down the stairs, see, t- sees Ted laying there, and a guard puts a sword through his chest. Yeah, was that a guard? That's when I was watching. I was like, was it a guard or was he somebody who was like raiding the castle? I wasn't quite. Yeah, clear I felt what like was it was happening. like a, just a castle guard. Totally makes sense that he was a guard. Yeah. Right. So Ted is now dead. Bill is freaking out. Um, he, he goes down to check on his buddy. Oh, my God, thank God. Somehow Ted got out of that suit of armor. And Ted knocks out the guard. Yep, hits him in the head. There's a Tweety Bird sound effect after he gets bonked in the head, which is amazing. So it's all cartoony, great. The best friends, they found each other. But there's a minute when you think one of them is dead. Yeah. (laughs) Which was was a real emotional trip I wasn't ready for. (laughs) It did seem pretty long. So now this gets us to the emotional trip I wasn't ready for. Right, yeah. So I think Bill is exclaiming, Bill is exclaiming like, oh, heinous, you know, most non-triumphant when he thinks Ted is dead. Yes. And then we reveal Ted's alive. Bill and Ted hug. Mm-hmm. They catch themselves hugging each other. They pull back, and they drop an F-bomb on each other. Mm-hmm. Not the F-U F-bomb, mm-hmm. the other F-bomb. Yeah. And I was like, whoa. Record scratch. Right? Really, it was so odd and out of place to see that just drop so casually in a film that is like such a like family movie and just everything else is kept so friendly and family toned uh that and to think that was considered a a joke uh and a and a family friendly joke is so bizarre and off-putting it's crazy and, it, and, I mean, it does make you think, like, yeah, when I was a kid, like, you would hear this word thrown around you as a kid. And I remember seeing that in the movie, and it didn't even register. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what that means, right? But there's, like, they make it out. Anyways, that was just, like, like Whoa. you just lost, like, big points there, Bill and Ted's. Mm-hmm. So I had no memory of that happening. Caught me by surprise. Uh, yeah, I had to rewind it to make sure, like, no way I heard that right. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, yeah, definitely trigger warning if you're watching this movie uh, <laughs> yeah. when you least expect it. We have to trigger warn Bill and Ted. <laughs> Man. Um, which is weird because, sidebar, after we watched this movie, I looked up. I was like, Bill and Ted, you know, homophobic slur. That didn't come up. The first thing that came up was Bill and Ted homophobic Halloween live show at Universal Studios. Apparently in 2013, there was a Bill and Ted Halloween show at Universal Studios. That sounds awesome. Which sounds great, awesome. But apparently there was some, something that was interpreted as like homophobic connotation of like making jokes about a gay Superman or something. And they shut it down. 
This is in 2013. So, weirdly, the article I read did not mention this F-bomb that gets dropped in the movie. So now I'm thinking, like, whoa, 2013, this is happening in this live show in Universal, but yet, back in 1989, they were dropping this, so... A little weird. Yeah, strange. A little weird. May want to do your research, mm-hmm. listeners. I don't know what's going on there. We're not impressed, yeah. Bill and Ted. But, okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on, the castle guards catch Bill and Ted right when they meet the princesses. The princesses, they seem pretty flirty. They're, yeah. they're, they're kind of hot to trot, too. They're impressed yeah. by these two uh, handsome future boys. Uh, but then... Oh, the ugly old dudes. The ugly old dudes, their dads and their future husbands, they catch them, and uh, of course, they say execute Bill and Ted. Cut to the executioner's block. I guess they're going to get their heads chopped off. They're tied down. There's uh, two executioners. They hoist their axes far above their heads, and I guess this is the end of the movie. We're only half an hour in, but they're going to die. That was, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought I had paid for more movie. Mm-hmm. How could they die now? <laughs> and here's the thing. They didn't. No, because the dynamic duo of Billy the Kid and Socrates. That's right. The axes came down, cutting the ropes to set them free. The executioners pull off their hoods. It's uh, Billy the Kid and Socrates. Classic, classic move. They <laughs> infiltrated the executioner's ranks, <laughs> raided their lockers, I guess. Classic Socrates. Yeah, he didn't look like a very physically fit man, <laughs> but the fact that he was able to like hoist this heavy axe over his head. Oh, yeah, and he's running around, and it, all barefoot, I think. <laughs> yeah, he just got his toga and bare feet. Yeah, that toga, it is a, <laughs> it's a sturdy toga. It's one of them Eddie Bauer togas. <laughs> yeah, they're worth the extra dollars. Oh, man. So they take off, and they have to leave the medieval babes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they take off. Will we ever see them again? Who knows? Do we check in with Napoleon now, or uh... yeah? <laughs> well, after that Napoleon's uh, B plot. Yeah, after that, you know, <laughs> short uh, example of casual homophobia. Uh, we're out of. Oh no, no, we go, we go to the future now, because uh, the guy's chasing him down with the old Morning Star, and he's got to mash the keypad again to get anywhere but here. Oh right, now is this when they go to the future? That's right. Yeah. Yes. So this is when they go to the future, and they encounter all these weird future people who worship them. That's right. The guys from the beginning of the movie. And they're all very excited. They're like, you know, wow, Bill and Ted are here. And, I mean, I'm wondering, like, are they in the future of idiocracy? Like, <laughs> worship <laughs> Bill and Ted? Like, Yeah, they're playing Wild Stallions over the loudspeakers, and it's it's okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. But they, anyways, uh, they all just play air guitar for, like, 30 seconds, and then... Now, I remember trying to mimic this air guitar as a kid, and I'm left-handed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I noticed everyone in the future was right-handed. Yeah, well, they, they bred out that recessive gene. <laughs> Thank goodness. The lefties were too smart. They yeah. just did not. <laughs> Meanwhile, we got back to San Dimas. Meanwhile, back in San Dimas... We join Deacon and Napoleon. <laughs> Everyone's favorite character, Deacon. Deacon, who conveniently, uh, you know, uh, Deacon. Now, Deacon also, let's note, Deacon's now we see with a girl. Yeah, he's two girls. <laughs> so he's with two girls, Deacon and... Deacon, a, like a nine, ten-year-old boy, two girls who look a bit younger, and Napoleon. And what do you do when you're taking Napoleon out for a night on the town, San Dimas? 
taking my Ziggy's, it's where a Weird Al Yankovic uh, look-alike <laughs> serves you a giant <laughs> chip bowl of ice cream. So this scene is one of the ones that stuck with me so hard. Uh, totally, because me too. I I've never in my my adult life or even my child life uh, encountered a dessert quite like the Ziggy Piggy. It has to be at least six liters of ice cream <laughs> in a single bowl. Um, and uh, it's funny. It's like Napoleon doesn't understand that you're supposed to eat it. Uh, but they all grab a spoon, and they start eating it, and they cut to the end of it. And this is just so gross, where it's just this real nasty, like, chocolatey-colored ice cream soup, just like the real dregs, and it's mostly like backwash at this point. And Napoleon just can't shovel enough of it in his mouth. He's blocking the other spoons from getting in there so he can have more. And the waiters come back when he finishes and give him a button and sing the song. Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy, Ziggy Piggy. <laughs> and as a kid, I must say, this scene, this this brought me a lot of, of joy and laughter. I remember thinking it was a pretty funny scene. And, and what kind of restaurant is this? Like, the waiters are dressed up as, like, a barbershop quartet, but there's only two of them. You get a button when you eat the big dessert. You uh, They sing a Ziggy Piggy song. Yeah, I don't know if it was an actual real restaurant. It was, was it just the cafe like, at the bowling alley? It was like <laughs> it's like a Chuck E. Cheese type of thing. Yeah, like just one of these places that existed, or like a Lime Ricky's. Remember <laughs> Lime Ricky's? <laughs> I don't. I wish I did. Oh man, there was one at the Eaton Center. That sounds incredible. They were good. They just served you lime pop and fast food. <laughs> you, can I have an orange pop? No, just lime. Just lime. Go to uh, orange no Ricky's. orange Ricky's. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they had Orange Ricky. I don't remember. I only went there like twice because I got so high off sugar I tried to jump off the top floor of the Eden Center. It happens. <laughs> That's why they change it to a Mr. Green Jeans. Oh, yeah. Actually, it might have been the – whoa. Whoa, you're right. Green-themed restaurant. That's the only kind <laughs> of restaurant alive. that can thrive in Toronto. Oh, man. Toronto, yeah. Canada. Eaton Lime Center. Ricky's. Local references. Maybe Licks bought them out. I don't know. <laughs> Lick Rickies? Yeah, Licks. Lime Lickies? Oh, Lime Lickies. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, so Napoleon th- eats all the ice cream. Yeah, of course, you know. Uh, and then uh, we cut to Vienna, uh, Austria. Right. Yeah, we get to like a nice supercut of uh, like a nice sequence where they just recruit so many historical figures. Right, and like, sure, let's start off with more historical characters that yeah. no eight-year-old <laughs> in their right mind had ever heard we're of. Hit, we're hitting oh, the yay, big ones. Sigmund Freud. Yay, mommy! They got Sigmund Freud. Daddy, daddy, the Sigmunds here. <laughs> I can't wait to see Sigmund Freud show up. You know, all the kids showing up to the theaters in their Sigmund Freud shirts. <laughs> yeah, was there like? I mean, I get it for the adults. It's a pretty funny character to to throw in there, but totally lost on most kids, right? <laughs> of uh, course. So we go, we pick up, uh, then we pick up Joan of Arc right. in France in the 1400s, uh, Outer Mongolia, where we see Genghis Khan. Now, now here's this is this bothered me. Like they, uh, they, they lure uh, Genghis Khan into the time machine with a Twinkie, dangling a Twinkie in front of them. And uh, I, I think it would have been a much better movie if they just used that tactic on everyone, like dangling <laughs> a Twinkie in front of Sigmund Freud to get him to come in the time machine. Yeah, they feed these guys a lot of junk food. <laughs> Yeah, they have a pudding break later. (laughs) It's a common thread throughout the film. (laughs) 
shove junk food down history's greatest leaders. So we got Genghis Khan. We get uh, Beethoven. Oh yeah, Beethoven. They pick up. They just walk into a Beethoven concert and mm-hmm. lift up his piano bench and just drag him off. They're like, "Hey guys, yeah, what a beta! Come on." Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hot take on Beethoven. Oh, I like it. Beethoven. Beethoven. We got Lincoln. Um, yeah, so Abraham Lincoln. Is that everyone? Uh, I think so. Cause they go to one million BC. Right. They uh, meet cavemen, but they don't. Yeah. Now, did when we met those cavemen, did you interpret them briefly as potentially cave Bill and Ted? Now that you mention it, one was blonde and one was brunette. Yeah, like Ugen Grok. <laughs> Wait. Were they were they played by Keanu Reeves and uh, Alex Winter? No, I don't think we saw them long enough to see who they were. Because that would have been real fun if it was them in caveman makeup. We'll have like... to check the official handbook to the Bill and Ted universe <laughs> <laughs> and see if they get referenced later on. Um, but uh, oh, we do cut back to the bowling alley where this is actually a great scene mm. where Napoleon's cheating. Yeah, the the, Napoleon's. Score. Playing a game of bowling against kids. Yeah, Carrie, Daphne, and Deacon. (laughs) (laughs) We see their scores, and then there's, uh, I don't know why I wrote that down. For some reason, I had to write down Carrie and Daphne. Those are interesting choices. How did Deacon convince these girls, hey, want to come hang around with this, like, 40-year-old Who doesn't speak English. Yeah. Of the 1800s. Um, Who still has a sword with him at this point. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, just lax uh, security in this film. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so Napoleon's cheating on the scorecard, and then he doesn't want to pay for the bowling. Right. At this point, um, Deacon realizes that, hey, Napoleon's a bit of a wiener, so let's ditch him. So the kids take off, and then Napoleon gets stuck with the bill for bowling. And, and that's a good joke when the owner says, uh, you have to pay. And then he's like, pay? Like peace. Yeah. And uh, then he gets kicked out, buddy. Buddy. Uh, He gets thrown out on his butt. Oh, the mighty Napoleon getting thrown out by a lowly bowling alley manager. It's pretty funny. And then the sad shot of, like, the neon glowing lights on the dim street. Mm. And there's Napoleon in his full garb. (laughs) He still has his hat on, yeah. And, like, most people don't bat an eye. As we see a little bit later, it's like, oh, yeah, all these people are just walking around like this. Yeah, everyone's very cool, the man in full Napoleon garb. Was cosplay big in, in San Diego? Historical? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, big time. Yeah, you don't you don't remember the 80s much, do you, Sean? <laughs> uh, so we get to the caveman, and then, uh, then we cut back to the Circle K, and then they, our Bill and Ted, are now meeting the next Bill and Ted. So it's basically a time loop. Mm-hmm, they, they complete the loop. Complete the loop. Oh, there was a little note where we didn't mention it when they were when they first met their future selves, and they said, "Why would the future us lie to us?" And they're like, "Oh, yeah, okay, makes sense." And then they go off. Hmm. Now I actually don't remember Bogus Journey. Were there an was there an evil version of Bill and Ted, and did they? I feel like there was. Yeah, in the bogus journey, Bill and Ted die and are replaced by evil robot duplicates. Right. So are those robot duplicates, were they thinking that far ahead? 
when they're like, why would we lie to ourselves? Or do you think that's just a throwaway line? Oh, uh, I think that was a throwaway line, but I think if we work real hard, we can connect the dots. Yeah, well, there is a purported third movie. What? Still in the works. What? Yep. Another excellent adventure? According to the computer that I typed words into, that's what it told me. Well, the computer <laughs> says so. Yeah, they were, apparently Keanu's like fully on board for it. They're just waiting for script rewrites. And they didn't know John Wick was going to become a whole enterprise. But mm. Oh, so we can blame John Wick for not having Bill and Ted Bill again? Bill and Ted 3, yeah. I think it's called Bill and Ted Face the Music. Oh. Yeah. So start writing your emails to Bill and Ted. <laughs> Let's make it happen. Yeah. Bill at AOL.com and Lord Ted knows at Bill AOL. could use a, a break. <laughs> uh, but sorry, so back to the present. And uh, Bill and accepted, Ted. Yeah. <laughs> Bill and Ted show up. And they show up in uh, Bill's backyard, and there's Bill's stepmom, Missy. Mm-hmm. She's like, was she gardening or something? Yeah, she's uh, like watering the plants. And she's like, oh, hi, this is Socrates. Hello. Hi. Like, she's not phased by, like, uh, my high school age stepson and his friend just brought a bunch of grown men <laughs> in a. And Joan of Arc. <laughs> Joan of Arc. Who's 17. Into so my home. That's an age appropriate pal. And they're going to start, like, ironing and doing stuff. Yeah, well, they want to go the, to the mall, I think. But then uh, Missy says, you can't go till you do all your chores. So, nice montage of all these historical figures. Doing chores, Beethoven's on windows, Sigmund Freud is playing with the vacuum, Genghis Khan, he's he wants to drink from that toilet at first. He doesn't get it. <laughs> but uh, he says, no, 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 we clean the toilet. We don't drink out of it. Was Genghis Khan played by a guy who's in all these action movies? He looked super familiar. Yeah, I want to say like Ninja Turtles or Big Trouble in Little China, one of these movies I've also watched for this podcast. I'm trying to, I'm like, I feel like I just saw that guy in another yeah, movie. Well, all right, well, write to us, listeners. We'll find out. You have who IMDb was, at your fingertips. Who played Genghis Khan? Um, so okay, they do yeah. chores, and then, oh, uh, then they all go to the mall. Right, and we do cut to the school and see the high school, like what's going on. So it looks oh. like the history presentation has begun. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it f- seems like everyone at their high school is doing a presentation on history in the auditorium. Yeah, this is a weird final exam where <laughs> they assemble the entire school to make this one history class give speeches for an entire day. Yeah, it, it's like a big. Did you? I don't know. Did your my school never did that? No, we if we did speeches, we did it for like twenty other people inside our classrooms. Yeah, San Dimas really likes their history. I guess. Well, San they Dimas spent so much money on that huge auditorium, they figure they got to <laughs> use it. So the high school presentations, they're in progress, mm-hmm. and the clock is ticking. You better get there, Bill and Ted. I hope nothing bad happens to slow you down. So they find Deacon, and Deacon has ditched Napoleon because, well, what a, he's a What dick. a lame-o. <laughs> I think he says he was a dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Deacon gets a couple good lines. You gotta give it to Deacon. Deacon Deacon's right up there with Billy the Kid getting these, like, hilarious throwaway lines. Um, so where did Napoleon go? Waterloo, which mm-hmm. is a water park, not uh, the uh, center of the Battle of Waterloo, which is a reference that I never got as a kid until I learned more about Napoleon. <laughs> until you learned high school history. The War of 1815, maybe. Um, the, the end of the Napoleonic Wars, uh, for anyone paying attention. I'm probably getting my history wrong. Um, 
So Napoleon goes to the water park. He sneaks in. He sneaks in, which gives us a just a joyous montage of <laughs> the music is rocking. Napoleon figures out what a water slide is, and he just can't get enough. They gave him a lot of screen time in this film. Napo- like, <laughs> like they were setting up for like Napoleon spinoffs for sure. I feel like like one of the studio heads was like that Napoleon guy. Give that guy more screen time. I love that. <laughs> put put Napoleon in a bathing suit on like more water slides. I want that's not a yeah. Yeah, more, 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 more slide montage, more <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> the focus groups were all like, yeah, more scenes with Napoleon. Like, <laughs> that Napoleon guy's hilarious. He gets all the shine in this film. Like, I wanted I wanted to see more Lincoln. I wanted to see more Joan of Arc. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, we got, we got Napoleon. Yep. Uh, so then at the mall. Yeah, so Bill and Ted, they go to the water park to get Napoleon. And in the meantime, they leave all the historical figures at the mall in the food court. Uh, to just stay out of trouble. Surely they can do this. Oh, my gosh. This was pretty epic. Yeah, this is my favorite part of the movie, actually. Like, I kind of want to see a whole movie of just these historical figures hanging out at the mall. Like, uh, when Socrates, uh, sorry, Socrates and (laughs) Billy the Kid start, like, trying to pick up chicks at the mall food court. Also weird. Uh, So weird. Because they're, like, high school kids. Yeah, they're trying to pick up high school girls. What is with this movie and, like, 40-plus-year-old men picking up high school kids? Hey, I mean, this is is the 80s in San Dimas. And then Sigmund Freud shows up and scares the the girls off. Like, the girls might have been into... Toga Socrates and Dirty Billy the Kid. Yeah, but then when uh, you know Sigmund Freud shows up. with his uh, yeah with his very suggestive and phallic pogo. Yeah. Side note: mentioned. Speaking of that phallic pogo, did you see where they got it from? The weird restaurant they were in front of. Yeah, batter up. It was. Yeah, <laughs> I had to freeze frame. And be like, what the hell is this? Yeah, they they were selling things like zucchini on a bat. Yeah, cheese on a bat. <laughs> like everything was battered. Was that? Can anyone? Please email me if you know of the existence of a place called Batter Up. Because it seems pretty elaborate for them to just make just for that background. That art department went went the distance that yeah. this is a made-up thing. Like, I Googled this. I Googled the phrase zucchini on a bat to see if I could find <laughs> anything, and nothing showed up. Well, then that's maybe another testament to this weird uh, sense of humor. And hey, if it doesn't exist, Sean, we are sitting on a gold mine here. Batter Up. I want They're- cheese on a bat. <laughs> There are still so many mall food courts that are hungry for <laughs> cheese on a bat. Like battered cheese, is that like just a giant mozzarella stick kind of thing? Like That's what I want when I'm at the mall. <laughs> I want to go rummage through pants at the Gap and then go get marinara sauce in a cheese bath. Well, batter my zucchini. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're they're picking up chicks. Uh, Joan of Arc is, uh, has yeah, taken I over. I still don't approve of that picking up the girls at the... It's not. I don't approve. It was so, so bizarre. Breaks. Come on. I mean, the girls said, no, you're weirdos, and left. So, I mean, the movie still felt grounded at this point. <laughs> because that is for sure the right response. Yeah. Uh, and then one of my favorite scenes is Genghis Khan raging out in the sports department. Yeah. Uh, can you just describe the, the final getup he has when he's uh, fighting security guards? Yeah, is he wearing, like, football shoulder pads or maybe a football helmet, like, hockey pads, and he's got, like, a baseball bat. He's basically going, like, full Casey Jones at this point, like, you know, He's riding a skateboard. <laughs> he's doing flips off of a trampoline. Oh, man, I love it. Sporting goods are his weapon. It's incredible. 
uh, which is super fun. Like this mall seems like the craziest place. I was like, oh, I want. Yeah, I they're doing a this. aerobics demonstration in the in one of the foyers that Joan of Arc takes over for some reason. Uh, Beethoven is playing all the pianos in the music store. That was a nice touch. I thought when Beethoven touches the synthesizer. And is that playing a Beethoven song when he hits the button? I feel like it might have been. It was a deep cut. Yeah, I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, one of his B sides. Oh, I see one of the B's. Beethoven. Um. <laughs> yeah, what else is going on in the mall? I feel like I'm missing it. Oh, oh Abraham Park leads the aerobics class. She just jumps up and pushes this uh, aerobics instructor out of the way because they're just doing a big aerobics class mm-hmm. in the middle of the mall. I guess that's something that happened in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yep, it's every mall, just big group aerobics classes. It was it was taking the country by storm. Abe Lincoln was doing a historical photograph booth, uh, and they wouldn't believe him that that was his own hat from home. And so then he just shoves a guy. <laughs> yeah, a lot of shoving going on <laughs> at the mall. History's greatest all-stars yeah. are... Uh... Yeah, big on shoving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so then we uh, we cut back to the auditorium, and... We see the one guy in the movie dumber than Bill and Ted, <laughs> who's like giving a speech and his presentation is like, oh, uh, he's just talking about like the future and it's mm. like everything's bigger than before, more moderner. Mm-hmm. And then he says a famous line, San Dimas High School football rules. Everyone goes nuts. Everyone goes nuts. We all had one of those in our high schools. Yeah. So uh, everyone at the mall has gotten arrested for their shoving crimes. Right. So that's a big, that's a big, uh, big day for the police department. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) Having to take down Genghis Khan on the skating rink. Did they like, and they're, they're checking everybody. They're booking everybody. (laughs) And he's like Abraham Lincoln. And he's giving like his actual birth date. Mm -hmm. And Ted's dad's just like, okay. Like, I guess he just is rolling with it. You know, he's seen it all. We can't fault him. And he's another actor guy totally recognized from mm-hmm. i don't know what but probably you, the running man you've seen him <laughs> played sub-zero <laughs> he's in everything uh yeah so ted's dad has arrested all of history's stars and uh no one's really finding it weird <laughs> just like okay like why were they all there together uh Socrates, I don't know. And this is where the movie uh, takes on another really interesting idea. Bill and Ted, they know they're bumblers. They say, how are we going to break these guys out of the police department? And they get the idea saying, when this is all over, we can use the time machine to go back and leave keys to the police department right right outside. And sure enough, they go and they check, and it's there. So it plays this fun game of, Oh, if we do this in the future, it can happen right now. And I love this stuff. Like back to like in at the Circle K and them talking to each other. Mm-hmm. And then, but we saw earlier when Bill called Ted and was pretending, or called Ted's dad and was pretending that his keys. He's like, "I've got your keys." So that was like a nice little throwback. And like, okay, cool. They're playing with time. Like this kind of stuff was. They put some thought into it. Yeah, it was another um, fun idea. There were a lot of like little mini movies within this the montage of going back through history the all the mall stuff all this playing with time uh, a lot of fun ideas yeah so one of these things this is where i got a real tripped out deja vu Mm. moment bill and ted they're hiding behind a desk 
and they're trying to figure out what they can do, right? They're sneaking around the police station, and they duck behind a typewriter, and they start reading a note that at some point their future selves wrote this note to them. So I, I still don't know how the, no, the note got back in time. Right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> they wrote it on a typewriter. They had to go back them. in time, write it, break it in this <laughs> police station, write it on the typewriter. They had the keys at this point, so they could have done it. Yeah. And then they left it for them to find. Mm-hmm. And they find the note, and it says duck. So they have to duck behind this desk just as another man from the office gets up and walks by. Like there's another cop who walks by them. Right. This is where I tripped out. It reminded me of the Matrix, where Neo is sneaking around an office, and remember Morpheus is Whoa. telling him to duck because it's Keanu. So, was listeners, I'm just looking away at the wall, my brain blown. Dude, Ted is Neo, dude. Oh, it's whoa. I'm telling you. Same They're universe. sneaking around the offices. The note tells them the duck. Just as an office worker walks by, it's totally the Matrix. Yeah, in Revolutions, when they're having the rave down in Zion, you can see Genghis Khan and Sigmund Freud. <laughs> so we're all it's all connected. I think that someone could make a strong argument that Ted is Neo from the Matrix. Or maybe all Keanu movies are the Matrix. I don't know, listeners. What do you think? Yeah, tweet at Sean. <laughs> Gum up his feed. <laughs> so you didn't you didn't pick up on that? No, um, but but you remember that scene. But when the you Matrix. said it out loud, it's like, oh, of course. Now I haven't seen the Matrix in a while, so I I need to see if that scene. Now I wonder it could have been the people who made the Matrix were yeah. like, let's do a fun re- little Easter egg to Bill and Ted. I didn't see a lot of green and black numbers in Bill and Ted. No. So that may have been just a Matrix thing. But now I'm going to be looking for Matrix connections in every Keanu mm-hmm. movie. Jeez. It's weird. Oh. Well, weird. astute observation. Well, okay. Well, luckily, yeah. uh, they start to figure things out. Yeah, they, and they bust these guys out of jail. They pile them in Missy's car. They're getting to the high school auditorium, but is it too late? Yeah, because meanwhile at the auditorium, everyone is presented. So they've got, like, I think one more kid goes up and presents. Also, all those kids look like they're, like, 25 minimum. Mm. Yeah, you, you start high school when you're in your early 20s in yeah. uh, California. In the, in the 80s, high school kids were older. A different time. Uh, so then we cut to the 1988 World Tour presentation. <laughs> and let me just say, uh, it's off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> I got. If I was a kid in that auditorium, I'd be like, whoa, Bill and Ted stepped up their game. Mm-hmm. They got all these actors. They, this is what we've been waiting for the whole movie. <laughs> Get all these historical figures on stage, and they they basically take them through this epic presentation explaining what they think of San Dimas now because they've had a chance to experience it. And I would love to see, like, you know, after the presentation, what all the teachers were saying. Like, where did you get these people? So Yeah, like, like it starts off with Billy the Kid taking out a loaded gun <laughs> and shooting one of the lights out. And everyone just applauds. No one screams in terror and flees. Everyone is just so into a man with a gun in a school. Yeah, there's our weapons, more weapons. 
And Napoleon's sword, Billy the Kid's gun, Genghis Khan starts whipping out some crazy, like, bladed staff that yeah. he's just, mm-hmm. like, does a full demonstration of. Uh, Sigmund Freud, this is actually a pretty deep moment when yeah. he analyzes Ted. That's probably the da- most dangerous weapon at all, the human mind. Oh, <laughs> nice. And this was, again, something that goes over your head as a kid, but as an adult, he's like, and therefore, Ted's father's own fear of failure has caused him to make his son the embodiment of all his own deepest anxieties about himself, and hence, aggression transference onto Ted. And that's deep. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty heavy stuff. And just explains, explains the dad character. This fascination with military school. And m- meanwhile, his dad is in the audience, so he's getting this whole oh, breakdown right, yeah. of it. Um, so that was, that was like, whoa, okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, Socrates is up there going through the things. And, and I got to say, you know, Bill and Ted, I can see what these future people see in them. They are showmen. They, <laughs> they know how to rock the crowd. <laughs> So they go through this whole thing, put on this crazy presentation. Abe Lincoln comes out, says Bill and Ted's famous line, you know, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. I was waiting for Michelangelo the Ninja Turtle to jump out. (laughs) He's in the next History's Greatest Leaders. Yeah, he's going to be in the third Bill and Ted movie we're talking about. I feel like that's a crossover that should have happened. Like if Punisher met Archie, I feel like Bill and Ted should meet Ninja Turtles. Yeah, what's stopping this? Sean, you should know. You're you're uh, well, in film and see. television. Okay. Uh, well, the Ninja Turtles have met Batman, and yeah. Batman knows Superman. Superman met Spider-Man. Spider-Man met the Transformers. Transformers met G.I. Joe. So they're all in the same universe. Yeah, network people. <laughs> they can talk. Get on LinkedIn. You all know each other. That's my superhero math that you figured out. Well, if Batman met the Predator and yeah. technically Spider-Man met Transformers, that means that the Visionaries could be <laughs> in the same universe as Booster Gold. Um, there we go. <laughs> presentation success. Yeah. And now Bill and Ted decide to learn music and Rufus shows up with Rufus. the It's like, here you go, guys. These women that you met for five minutes clearly wanted to travel through all of time and abandon their life. They wanted to leave all of their family and loved ones and everything they knew to be true. And uh, so here's something I noticed. The medieval babes show up and they instantly go to Bill and Ted and Ted's babe locks lips with him, smacks him (laughs) right in the kisser. Uh, Bill just gets a little peck on the cheek. Yeah. what's, What's up with that? Okay, well when they went back in time, when they first met them, Ted was the one who delivered beautiful poetry. Bill just kind of stood there, so there was a little bit more of a relationship going on. Yeah, I guess Bill's got to work a little harder. Also, when they first started, uh, <laughs> when they first met, uh, Bill was like, used lyrics on them. And then Ted used some real, and part of my language, some real shitty lyrics. He rhymed time <laughs> with time. And I was like, come on, man, you can do better than that. Oh, man. Well, Stephen Herrick, director. <laughs> yeah, I noticed. Come on. Yeah, that felt, I mean, maybe it was the writers. We didn't talk about the writers. Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon. Don't really know too much else that they did. I'm sure they've they've gone on to have some other I'm, fart I'm sorry. Movies. I'm still thinking about when the medieval babes showed up because, uh, like, they knew exactly which guy they wanted to go for. So I guess they had that conversation with, like, in the phone booth with Rufus. They're like, okay, you go after Ted. I'm going to go pair up with Bill. Because there was, it was never really just uh, discussed. Like, uh, 
there was no moment where they connected with each other as characters, but they knew. They immediately went for their partner. Yeah, and Rufus, how did he convince them? To come with, you know? Well, credit cards in the mall. I guess he's just got away. Like, you know, he just does his thing, you know? Ah, oh, just yeah. a lot, a lot so of questions there. He roofed there. them. I mean, Rufus. He Rufus. <laughs> oh, no. 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 No, 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 no. Not in the world of Bill and Ted. Just get into my uh, payphone. Not funny. <laughs> Rufus. Oh, Rufus. There was a dog named Rufus. You ever watch Switchback? <laughs> No. Another deep cut. Do you think he's related to Rufio from Hook? Could be. Could be. Names are similar. Could happen. So with that, Bill and Ted form a band with the medieval babes. and Oh, yeah. Rufus reveals that uh, the medieval babes, they're the other half of the Wild Stallions. One gets on the drums. One gets on the keyboard. And they all jam together. And they suck. Yeah. Then they haven't learned how to play their instruments. But Rufus assures us, don't worry, they get better. And just winks. Big ol' Carlin wink. Wow. Bring it on home. Who is Rufus? Do they reveal at some point in the future universe that Rufus, like, you know, clearly, if he hadn't done anything, would their whole future be over? Because their future existed. I don't know. Yeah, he's got to be some kind of big shot hero. And why Rufus? And when they went to the future, everyone was wearing the same thing. But none of them was wearing what Rufus wore. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I just have a few more questions about how the future works. He was dressing kind of retro. He was dressing like twenty three hundred stuff. Oh, to blend in with yeah. all the uh, <laughs> all the all the old timers. Oh man! So the end to be continued in a uh, cartoon series, a bogus journey, bogus journey, live action series, graphic novels, potentially homophobic live show at Universal <laughs> Studios. Um, <laughs> Um, there was oh, there were video games. There's a Game Boy game. Oh, There's a Nintendo dang. game. I never played the Nintendo game actually. No, I'm actually curious what it is. If it's it was like a Sigmund Freud dialogue <laughs> adventure, <laughs> a point and click <laughs> journey. <laughs> well, just they they owned the rights to Sigmund Freud after that movie. <laughs> There's a whole level of Napoleon bowling. <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon's bowling. <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> Hit the B button really fast to eat the ice cream. See if you can eat the whole bowl and become a Ziggy Piggy. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Play the hell out of that. Um, so now is the point of the podcast where we answer the most important question of the podcast. So important, we named the podcast after it. Oh, geez. Okay, here we go. Cam Wiley. Yes. After all these years, mm -hmm. do you still like this? I do. I like it a heck of a lot. <laughs> um that f bomb gave me gave me a ton of pause, and I would like to think that uh, a simple edit can remove that. Uh, it wasn't an important story beat. Uh, that was the only scene that I really thought, mm, "Would I want to show this to my kid?" Uh, I don't like that scene. Everything else holds up so family friendly, so funny, uh, so distinct, so unique. Um, it definitely stood out as. Um, Something special. It still does. Hundred percent agree with you. Definitely lost points for the f bomb, but everything else, yeah, was super endearing. The comedy I thought was well thought out. I don't think it it do doesn't dumb anything down. Yeah, it's not it's not mean. It's not b besides that one line. Uh, it's not it's not hurtful. Uh, and you learn you do learn a bit about history. Yeah, it's surprisingly educational. Like it's 
I would love. I would definitely show a kid an edited version of yeah. this. And it's um, what I like is yeah. Everyone, you know, as other than like Ted's dad, everyone is really good to each other. And oh, I guess the medieval babes is. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're evil dad. Yeah. <laughs> but there's really no other major villains. Even their history teacher, he's like super he, supportive. He, he wants yeah, he, them to succeed. He wants them to do well. And yeah, it wasn't stupid. Like there's so many comedies also of this era that really fall flat and they just cheap out on stuff, but the script does have a lot of heart. There's a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of smart things. It's one of these movies where I think as a kid, when you see it, you feel like you're watching an adult movie, almost, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, you feel like no one's talking down to you, but it's just good enough that it's the kids are going to find enough exciting things in it. And yeah, I genuinely laughed at a bunch of things. Like, the things I thought super that were super funny as a kid, like Strange Things Are Afoot at the Circle K, uh, Ziggy Piggy, those still held up, but then there were like other things that I really loved, like, yeah, the Billy the Kid and Socrates, uh, their whole dynamic. <laughs> uh, just like funny, funny little Easter eggs in there. Uh, definitely batter up. A <laughs> um, lot of good moments. Yeah, I, I was actually a little worried going into this that it might not be great. It's a big risk to put in something you loved as a kid to see how wrong things were in there. And this did not have a lot of those moments. Yeah. Uh, so, so relieved. And especially my reputation coming on the line here saying, hey, Sean, here's a movie I love. Let's watch this thing I love. <laughs> you know, it's it's actually it's so much fun, too, when the movie is terrible. So <laughs> <laughs> when you come back for season two, okay. pick something that you might think is terrible. Oh, good. I'll bring in Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> I, I hear that one's really good these days. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> I think what really um, sticks out to me is I love the way Bill and Ted talk. And my, one of my favorite Bill and Ted-isms is uh, when Bill thinks Ted is dead and he's so hurt and heartbroken but still talks the way he does and says, uh, this is most non-triumphant. He doesn't have a bad word. He just puts non in front of a positive word. And that's <laughs> so sort of touching. <laughs> that's And you know what? That's what a great way. That's just such a great way of speaking. This pizza is so non-delicious. <laughs> <laughs> My car is so non-full of gas. Yes, that's right. This bread is so non. Oh, wait, this is non-bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We went out for Indian. Um, so what's going on with you? What do you got going on? Um, you're going to want to check out my uh, digital comedy channel, Turbo Gulp. You can look us up on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're across all social platforms. Turbo Gulp, bringing you uh, some of the best comedy and comedians coming out of Canada. And uh, our friends from New York and uh, Philly right now. We're trying to make this a whole global affair. Amazing. I'm excited. There better be something about a battered zucchini in there. Oh, I'm hungry for a zucchini on a bat. And (laughs) I may always be hungry for that because I don't think it's a real food item. Amazing. Dude, thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me, Sean. Uh, What a a wonderful movie to talk about with a wonderful pal. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I couldn't have said it better if I was myself from the future. <laughs> Yo, happy to report that our old pals Bill and Ted are still the best. Just forget that 
thing they said. Yeah, everyone makes mistakes in their youth, kid. But the truth is with Rufus, open your heart. Joan of Arc is so great. Plus, Billy the Kid is so great. Don't wait, is what your old pal Burgle say. Strange things are still afoot at the Circle K. It's a tale as old as linoleum. Older if you're bowling with Napoleon Eating with Deacon out in San Dimas Ziggy Piggy, come on, you can't beat it Like Genghis Khan wants everything destroyed At the mall trying to pick up with Sigmund Freud Laughing, well you learn you won't lose It's the most fun you can have in a phone booth Do you still like this movie? We'll return very soonly Thanks again Cam And big shout to Peter Project for this amazing beat Thanks to all of you for putting us in your ears while you eat or use your feet or talk to someone you think is sweet or maybe are dehydrated and uh, tired from the heat. <laughs> we'll stop. We'll stop. All right. We'll catch you shortly. Au revoir.